Hello, my friends, and welcome to literal winter. It is winter. At least it's winter in New York City. I forget that you guys could be anywhere. I feel like we're friends because we are. Anyway, welcome back to another episode of Miss Congeniality with Eli Rallo. I'm Eli, if you didn't know that already, because someone's forcing you to listen to this, which would honestly, wow, I can't talk. That would be nice of them, I think, or it could be punishment, whatever you want. But hi, hope you're all staying warm. I say it's cold because like New York was like in this weird spot where it was like, is it cold? Is it not? And then like all of a sudden now it's freezing and like below 40 every day, which I actually kind of prefer because like I feel like it's so exciting when it first gets cold, like it gets old fast and then you're like, I can't wait for spring. But in the beginning, I do really enjoy it. So I've been enjoying this weather. I actually just got back to the city. It's Tuesday, November 30th, about to be December and life is happening. So I just got back to the city and I had a crazy Thanksgiving. So if you guys don't know this already, I went and visited my boyfriend in Houston and that was something that was something um in a good way i feel like it was surprisingly like more comfortable than i thought and not that i thought it was going to be uncomfortable i really like his family like i really do but you're just like in someone else's house and it's like it can be weird to like be like i'm hungry am i allowed to open the fridge and like i eventually felt like oh if i want like a bowl of fruit i'm allowed to just like go get it and like they want me to feel comfortable like that so that was really nice and what do we do there So I actually got sick while we were there, not COVID. I took a test luckily, but I was like really congested. I think sinus infection, but luckily they took care of me. So I was able to like be up and at him and do all the things that we wanted to do. But we went to NASA and visited with his grandparents and cousins and like went out to dinners and his parents are just so cute. I actually love his mom. She's like a quintessential boy mom. And I think like boy moms are a lot different than moms that have daughters. It's just like a different relationship like not one is better than the other but I feel like it's kind of special because she loves to have like a feminine energy in her house and she like bought me all these pink presents and she was like I never get to buy pink things and I was like I'm just obsessed with you so that was really great and cute and fun I really love her like she's actually my favorite person and then his dad is so sweet his brothers are just angels they're all single actually the youngest one is like 16 and last night we were on FaceTime with them and he was like Eli, the girl I'm seeing right now is a fan of yours. And I was like, you can FaceTime me if you want when you're with her. I was like, that's so funny. So that is really cute. And the brothers are amazing. And Houston, I don't like, I feel like we tend to think that like different parts of America are so different. And like partially, yes, it is different. I think it's really big and spread out, which I'm not used to. And also the people drive like super aggressively. And I feel like obviously politics are a lot different there. But I don't really think it's that much different than like any other place that has like a city with like suburban spots on the outside. It kind of reminds me of Phoenix, Arizona. My best friend is from there, um, specifically from Arcadia. And so like the way that like Scorpio boys like suburb of Houston or like neighborhood is like embedded in the bigger city reminds me of Phoenix. But the restaurants are really good. I don't know how like many of you have been there, but we went to Tiny's number five, local kitchen, Uchi for sushi where else papacitos i feel like that's kind of it but they were all really good like i loved everywhere we went oh juice land and sustain but i like juice land better and you guys were right about that so those were all the places we went to we visited nasa i love space i'm like obsessed with female astronauts so we got to do that and that was like so fun and interesting and yeah it was really nice i left on wednesday night so i actually didn't go out for the wednesday night before thanksgiving I just took it easy and went home, which was kind of nice. And like my family and I spent Thanksgiving together. And then I ended up going with my brother and mom to the Cornell hockey game. And that was really fun. I've never been to a hockey game before and Cornell won, as did Michigan go blue. So it was like a winning weekend for our teams, which is like super exciting and fun. So that was like it was a really good weekend weekend and now I'm like gearing up for this week. It feels like I don't really have a break because on Thursday I'm flying into Ann Arbor. I don't know if you guys know, you probably do. My brother's going through a breakup and my parents just thought it would be nice if I went and visited down there and like down there. Now I'm talking like Texas. Over there, up there, I don't know. 
and I visited and just like took him out and stuff and like we had a good like sibling bonding like two days and my only condition was that I could take the train to Chicago on Saturday morning and go visit my best friend in Chicago so I'm going to do that and that's going to be amazing I'm really excited to see her and we're gonna watch the Michigan Wisconsin game together and I haven't seen her since July which is like what the hell like what the hell so I'm so excited to see her and my brother it's kind of a whirlwind but it's gonna be really fun and then I'm back the following Monday and then life goes on so it's the holiday season now and things are picking up in my life and like I'm just a little overwhelmed but it's all gonna be okay like I just keep telling myself like I'm gonna get everything that I need to get done travel days are actually really good for me to like answer dms and like do things that I want to do and like work so things are gonna be fine but there is a lot going on if you're in Ann Arbor Chicago I really hope to run into you unfortunately I don't think there's enough time to like do a formal thing but I'll definitely post like if I'm going out where I'm gonna be if you guys want to like come hang out and stuff like that and that'll be really fun and we can say hi to each other and it'll be beautiful so that's all going down this weekend yeah so I'm just trying to catch my breath like do my laundry and pack and like get all my work done and figure out my to-do list and figure out my holiday shopping and all that stuff I actually want to make a gift guide today so don't let me forget I'm saying that as though you guys can remind me when it's Tuesday and you're not going to listen to this till Thursday but alas everything is messy but it's a good messy but I do have like something to talk about and that is the tv show you you guys know that i do this thing also if you don't want a spoiler for the first season move on like jump ahead i guess but i don't watch tv shows when they're popular because i have add and i cannot focus and obviously i can focus on a show if i really like it but i have trouble getting into shows and i don't like to watch shows alone especially ones that freak me out because i get bad dreams and anxiety and i think you is a little like creepy it's not scary though it's like creepy and when it was like blowing up and popular I just wasn't interested I feel like I have to like come to the conclusion that I want to watch something on my own time and my boyfriend made me watch season three with him and I like really liked it I just think it's so well written and that's like what I look for when I watch tv shows like I'm attracted to how good the writing is which is nerdy and geeky but like I'm a writer so it makes sense and then we went back and watched season one and I'm obsessed I think it's so well done I think that like Joe is this like tragic hero villain like this really complex and well-written character that like he's such a good partner and he's like also a good person and you see that come through with like Paco and like the way he cares about people and things but like the way it manifests and how like psychopath he is and like what a sociopath and narcissist he is is like embedded underneath and I just think it is like so well done and well written that we like in a really strange and creepy way sympathize with him and we can't understand why because he's like this like every man kind of character and like the way he set up like a narrator narrator we're like meant to trust him I just think it's like really well done in that regard but the one thing that I was like okay so I also watch SVU if you guys don't know that like Law and Order and I really 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 do think that he wouldn't have gotten away with this like if you think about like police cracking a case and like specifically like the special victims unit cracking a case like this like he killed three people in the same friend group and he had a history of murdering somebody else before and somebody who like basically lived in his building was also murdered like he killed five people that have could have been very easily all linked back to him also like dna i don't know like whenever he like knocked peach out with that rock like and then chucked the rock I feel like they could have found the rock like he didn't throw it that far away and then also I feel like witnesses like somebody would have seen a guy like going onto the top of the building where he pushed off like the guy that Candace was sleeping with or like running behind Peach or like some they would have seen like a white man with black hair like every in a hat like I just don't know how he has gotten away with it like happy he has only because I want to watch season two and like I'm excited for what's to come but I'm like this never would have been gotten away with also like when Peach's family hires the private investigator and like he's like we found something and we're running it for DNA it's literally pee I really think that they could have like taken him in somehow and then like made him pee and like matched the pee or something I don't know how that works but I just think it's like impossible he would have gotten away with this also like after he kills Beck like obviously the boyfriend is going to be the first and primary suspect when a girlfriend is murdered especially like especially when he's telling people like oh she cheated on me and we broke up and then the private investigator like sees him going into her apartment I don't know I'm like it's a TV show. I always do this with TV shows and movies. I'm such a realist. I'm like, this would not come true. I don't understand. But I'm like, I'm just going to let it slide because I want to watch season two. And like, I'm glad he didn't get 
prisoned because then we wouldn't have season two and season three and like potentially season four but in real life olivia benson would have so fast just jailed his ass like it would have taken her like 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 maximum 72 hours to figure out that he did all of that like literally maximum she would have questioned his ass after beck was killed like it's just too much like his fingerprints would have been on peach's laptop when he wrote the fake suicide note like you know what i'm thinking too far into it but i did like it a lot so i'm glad i watched that it's really good kelly clark's a new christmas album another recommendation of mine right now call me chuggy i really don't care because i might be a little chuggy and that's fine i hate that word like have you guys seen they're like telling people with blonde hair that they're chuggy i'm like this is ridiculous like she was born with blonde hair please relax so all of that but all you know i'll take the chugginess of the kelly clarkson christmas album it's good people don't believe me but anyway alas i have an amazing episode in store today so my guest today is a friend of mine from TikTok, another like TikTok crush of mine. If you don't know her, her name is Alexis Barber and she does lifestyle TikToks and uh, days in my life and vlogs. She also does YouTube. She also works at YouTube. So she has this incredible job. She's so smart. She went to Northwestern and we just have this amazing conversation about like Greek life and literally everything. And I'm just like so grateful to know her and be able to talk to her because she's so insightful and interesting. I also think she gives such good advice if you're looking into the content creation space or if you want to do corporate and content. She talks about her boyfriend, like her life growing up, all this stuff. She has amazing advice. Uh, She's really wise and I'm so excited to get into it. And I don't want to give anything else away. So I think we're just going to get into the interview. But as always, if you guys need anything, my DMs are open. If you have any recommendations for guests, DM me, live your truth, live your life. I forget if I'm not sharing anything with you guys that's happened recently, but I don't think I am, so I love you. Hang in there, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, guys. Okay, I'm so excited for this one because I'm here with the queen, Alexis Barber, who I literally have stalked on TikTok to no end, and this is because her videos are, like, absolutely incredible, and we have so much to talk about. Uh, Hi. I'm so excited to, like, finally, like, meet you, and we have to meet in person now. I know we really do. I have, I feel like there's so many New York girls and I'm like, oh my God, I need to see everybody. Yeah, seriously. And so like, if you guys don't know her on TikTok, you probably do. She works at YouTube and she does these incredible days in my life videos. Also like her fashion is incredible, which we're going to talk about. And she just has like amazing advice. She's so well-spoken and articulate. So like, I really want to know your life story. Like what got you here? Like that's oh what God. I need to know. Girl. Also, she's from fucking like- St. Louis, which I love Missouri. I don't know if you knew that about me. please tell me why I lived there for a summer like when I was a sophomore in college I like interned at the Muni and oh my god no way the Muni I show up in St. Louis I don't know one person like I'm not exaggerating to you that I have not one person in this state or the surrounding states like I know no one all I have is a suitcase I remember I was like cracking up in the airport like what the hell am I doing right now Literally. And I think I fell in love with it because of the self-discovery aspect that I had, not because of the city itself. Like, I was just, like, so lonely that I, like, discovered who I was there. So I, like, equated to that. Exactly. No, that's the same with me. I mean, I spent four months there after the, like, pandemic and, and, like, lived there. I, I went to boarding school, so I didn't have a lot of friends there. But, um, like, I, because I was, I can't believe, like, I literally didn't go out or see anyone for four months straight. And I just, like, real. that was when I started influencing everything. It was a great time. Loved it there. Yeah. But I feel like my life story is too complicated and, like, to the point where people won't really believe it because there's too much fucking happening on a daily basis. But the T is my family is addicted to chaos. So <laughs> my um, mom had me when she was 16 and I outside in, like, rural Missouri, and when I was eight, we moved to St. Louis, and I later ended up going to boarding school um, about 40 minutes outside of St. Louis uh, because I'm the oldest of eight kids, so too many freaking children, and I was taking on the role of being a parent, like, way too early, you know? Yeah. So they were like, you got to get out of here. So I went to boarding school as a very, like, competitive and elite boarding school with, um, it was very small, it was very chaotic, but, like... Hey man, whatever. We made it out of there. And (laughs) I graduated and went to Northwestern, which was my dream school because I wanted to be 
a journalist. Um, and the tea is then Donald Trump got elected. So I said, I got to go. Got to get out. Got to get out. Yeah. Not happening. Not happening. But when I got to college, I really did not know anything about business tech, any of it. I was a hot mess. I changed my major three times in a year. Like it was a disaster, but I ended up over time, like just falling into the right places, meeting, meeting people who were interested in tech and business. And eventually was a part of this program um, called MLT, which helps young black and brown people interested in business. And I learned about Google um, from there. I applied to the internship and now I work here full time, which is wonderful. I love it so much. Um, And around the same time that I started at Google was when my influencing career started on accident. I feel like you're a body positive girly, so you're going to love this. I'm so excited. But we have to talk about it. So I was in a sorority in college that was, like, known for the, like, um, being, like, New York, L.A., international, super rich girls. And I was literally, I'm not kidding, the only person from the Midwest in there, and let alone, like, the only black person, but whatever. Anyway, (laughs) I was very successful like obviously had my google internships i got into an mba program like all these things i was always doing it for like external validation but the one thing i didn't have was i wasn't skinny enough and i was like this is once i got to the um like you know end of my senior year i had the job i had everything i was like okay i'm gonna like master the body so i started doing this diet that was like very popular among the new york girls I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I made a little health accountability Instagram. I blocked everyone I knew on it. And eventually, like, became a little bit of a part of this little diet community on Instagram. And then that summer, like, it blew up that the founder of that diet was, like, a psychopath. Like, there's, there was, like, many issues with it. And that it was a glorified eating disorder um, and alcoholism wrapped up into a diet. And for some reason, she decided to, like, call me. Like, I called her out. She decided to respond to me, of all people. Like, I had, like, less than a 1,000 followers on this account. Like, it was, like, not a real thing. And then um, she called me personally, gaslit me for a whole hour. And then the next day went live, which was happened to be my first day at Google, went live to her 100,000 Instagram followers and told them that I was just this young, dumb girl who, like, shouldn't be taking diet advice from social media. Meanwhile, she's a registered dietitian. And so at the end of my first day, I look at my phone, and I have 6,000 followers on Instagram. So I was like, holy shit. So yeah. from then on, I was like, okay, I guess I got to do something with this. But I had literally decided after she, like, was so mean to me on that call that I was just going to delete this account and focus on my job. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's my, that's my like, influencing story. And then I started making TikToks, like, Oh my god. Okay, wait. I have like 75 questions. The first one though, like we're gonna start chronologically. Are you super close with your family and your siblings and your mother because of like the age gap and then also because you have so many siblings? Like are you close with your family and like what's that like? Yeah, so I think I have a really complicated family um life where like I am close with my mom, but I don't feel like my mom ever grew up. Um, and so she's still, I think that she's like, she never got the chance to, so I don't blame her for it, but like, she still craves validation from other people way more than like, I feel like anyone should. So I feel like we have a very complicated relationship where I love her. I will go to her for anything hundred percent all the time, but I have a a lot of issues with like her parenting style when it comes to my other siblings. And I love my siblings. We're not super close because because teenagers are assholes. Yeah. I am really close to the younger ones. But, like, um, I think the only reason we're not close is because they're teenagers and they think they're better than everyone else. Like, I yeah. think we will be really close, like, when they, like, become young adults. When you know? they, like, mature a little bit and stop being annoying. <laughs> exactly. Like, they just, like, want to, like, play on their phones. Like, But they yeah. do think I'm cool because I have TikTok followers. So, so that's good. <laughs> you get that. Yeah, so that's good. Um, And then... I'm really curious what your Northwestern experience was like because I also went to like a big school in the Midwest and I just like I don't know I think that they're they might have like a bit of a similar culture obviously Northwestern like amazing mm. school Michigan's kind of like less so academic and I think Michigan has a bit more of a party culture going on there but I'm just curious like what your experience was like what your Greek life experience was like did you like Northwestern oh my God. 
Yes. So Northwestern was always my dream school, like except for for a minute it was Princeton. Um, but no, I'd rather die. Anyway, <laughs> I um, always wanted to go there. There was just something in, like about it for me um, with, with the flexibility of the quarter system, as well as like being only like a train wide ride away from my family in St. Louis that made it like perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, when I got there, like I said, I was sort of like, shocked um in a way because as though although I had gone to boarding school with like these everyone was Asian so it was like it wasn't the same culture as like American like elite culture like the culture of being like rich and successful at boarding school was more about Birkins whereas when you got to like college it was about what job are you gonna have or like what sorority are you gonna be in and that type of thing was like it was just different and so that first quarter we don't rush until um, January. So I was like, okay, I'm looking for my black people. I'm looking for black people. Like that I grew up in Ferguson and like, I had recently gone through the awakening of like, you know, you don't have to be friends with people who don't look like you if you don't want to. Um, and like, I was going, going through that, trying to find a black community and there just wasn't one at Northwestern. That was what I needed. It was just very dramatic. And like, it just was fragmented. So I eventually joined another club, which was the heart, the soul of my college experience. Um, it was an entrepreneurship summit for international nonprofit owners. And we were also like a club that was just like a really close knit group of people who cared about people, nonprofits, entrepreneurship, and it was yeah. everything to me. But all the girls who were in it happened to be in sororities as well. So I decided to rush um, and I did... And I went through with it and I got into Kappa Kappa Gamma, which was like great. But like soon after joining, like people were saying the N word in front of me mm-hmm. and people were, pro- people were prob- very problematic, truthfully. And I felt like I couldn't leave because I was there when other people left for good reason. And they talked so much shit about them. And my biggest fear for a lot of my life was people talking shit about me. And up until probably like a year ago, that was my biggest fear. And so I was like, I'm like, I'm going to stay like I can change it. Um, A year after that, my roommate and friend who was also a woman of color joined and she was president. I was rush chair. We were trying to change it the inside, whatever. And it was also nice to, you know, have that community of people be attached to something and yes, have the social status. Like I'm not going to pretend like. Exactly. I'm not going to pretend like being in Kappa wasn't like a social status thing that I wanted. Whether I put that to use, no. My boyfriend was anti-Greek life and was in this DJ group. Like, I never, like, I don't think I know a single frat guy from Northwestern. Like, I wasn't a part of that scene. (laughs) I never put it to use, but like, and I didn't get my job from it. Like, I think there's this misconception that like, you need to be in white Greek life if you want to be successful and you don't. Um, because like, I would say like, yes, I had great connections, but like, well, the people who really helped me get where I am are all black. Yeah. And, um, I think that that's, and like going to a PWI, absolutely helpful, but like, I know the way they recruit at Google and it's not through like a white sorority. No. So I feel like, I don't feel like I should have stayed in it. I felt like I should have just taken the leap and like, let people who I don't care about talk shit about me earlier. But I also just feel like it was, it was a formative experience. I'm glad I de- I did it yeah. and dealt with it. But I'm like I am definitely part of abolished Greek life, you know. Also, it's so much easier said than done. Like it took me like way too long to decide to leave, and I think that's mostly born of privilege because like I reap every single benefit that white Greek life provides, and there's no like discomfort for me. So like it took a lot of time for me to realize that that is a very sheltered experience because I have the privileges to take all of those benefits but like not everyone does and that took me like a really long time to walk away from and like it's easier said than done when you're like sitting there and like you are getting benefits from it to be like I should leave it's hard it's like well why would I like this this is benefiting me but then it's like well it's hurting someone else and like maybe that's a reason or like even like finishing out your college career and being like you know big enough to be like I'm abolished Greek life now even though I was a part of it like it's hard because you know you're gonna ostracize yourself you know people are gonna be like you shouldn't say that and I'm like well why (laughs) and it's also like I feel like people were kind of um like when I made that or while I was in it like I felt like I was ostracized from the black community because I decided to be a Mm. part of it so there wasn't really anywhere for me to go if I were to say or to like leave it you know 
So that was like a fear for me. And at the same time, I think like I had enough privilege and I had enough access. Like I got my internship like beginning of junior year. Like I had what I came there to get, which was those connections. And I just was like afraid of what these girls who I don't respect, I find like to be very problematic, who continue to be friends with, you know, abusers. And Mm. I could not handle that. And I did not, um, and I shouldn't have, let those people be, you know, my idea of like who I wanted to impress. I should have yeah. let the people whose, you know, ideals I respected be the people I wanted to impress. Yeah, I totally agree. And switching gears to your Instagram, like it's so funny that you say that because I have a really similar experience of like I made an Instagram account for like health purposes to like keep myself accountable. And it very similar to you had like a thousand followers, like 1500. And I, I really equate like my disordered eating habits. I think they're like deeply embedded because of like family stuff and other things, but I equate like the eating disorder I developed to the community of fitfluencers on Instagram because it's like when you are looking at something like that and you are watching somebody else be like, eat a cookie, but then the cookie they show you is like made of seeds and dates and they're like, you can't villainize a cookie, like eat a cookie. And it's like, well, that is villainizing a cookie because you're telling me the only cookie I can have is one made of seeds and dates. And so like that very similar situation, except for the fact that I didn't, you know, get can't tried to get canceled by some random lady who was like being really destructive. So like, I totally like understand that whole thing. It's so crazy. And I think like, I, my family is not by any means like healthy. Like, I mean, when you grow up low income, I think the only thing you can really latch on to emotionally a lot of times is food. Mm -hmm. And so I think that my family has a very like disordered relationship with food and I always is avoiding like obesity growing up. But then Mm -hmm. like to, to in within like sororities and stuff like that, once again, it was like another thing like running towards something, but I felt like everything on Instagram was like, just count the calories. Like you can do this, you can do this, but it's really impossible to, to like change your body or do any of these things like without a healthy mindset. And when that was not being shown to me in any other way, it was like, we are eating this amount of fiber and net carbs and we are eating 1200 calories or less. And that's what you're going to do too. And then, and like anyone who would be like, diet culture is problematic I would be like well you just aren't strong enough like you just can't do it because like being thin over everything yeah and then in June when after I had like you know I had just gone through like a very big personal trauma and then went hard on this dieting shit and I was completely alone in my apartment in Evanston and then um June happened where George Floyd was killed and none of these fit influencers were speaking up about that none of them were concerned about that meanwhile I was like glued to the tv like it was a it was a collective trauma I think for most black people to just go through that where everyone was like oh racism is real it's just very like mentally draining to have to realize that to to be around people who are realizing that yeah and I was like Jesus Christ and so I didn't want to be a part of it anymore for that reason and that's where I came up with the thing of like you're too smart to be on a diet because I just wasted three months counting calories instead of like actually doing something for my community, using my brain, caring about things that mattered to me, you know? Also without a body that like moves and functions, like we cannot be helping other people or, you know, like as a white person, we cannot be like educating other white people or educating ourselves if you don't have a body that functions because you're not feeding it like anything. Exactly. Exactly. You can't, you can't do anything unless you're taking care of yourself. So my last year and a half has been that journey of like intuitive eating, not judging myself, but I still have major, major issues with body, food, disorder, eating, whatever, but I'm working on them. And I think that that is, is enough. Yeah. So I have a question because I think like this is something I struggle with a lot like watching TikTok and being on TikTok and making TikToks while simultaneously going through that or like having that past, like what is that like for you? And like, how do you try to shut out like, you know, those toxic people on TikTok that are like, here's what I eat in a day and it's like nothing. Yeah, I think that it's hard for me because I do still kind of believe that if I was skinnier, I'd be more popular on TikTok. Yeah. I do feel, I do still feel that way. So I do feel like a sense of 
resentment towards especially people who like just you know try to monopolize or not monopolize like take advantage of that like natural factor that you know disordered eating and when you see disordered eating online it just it genuinely just makes me sad it just makes me sad because like I just can't handle like people not realizing how much of an impact they have on younger people to the point where like we shouldn't be making these videos period because everyone's body's different you can share your favorite fucking recipe go ahead that doesn't mean that you have to make a little what i eat in a day just share your recipe you're trying to do the inspo type of thing and then it's also just like the i made a um, video a few months ago doing like a zara try on haul and zara's notorious obviously for like not having great sizing and i was like so i was like this is so annoying like why can't these 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 are supposed to be medium and I'm usually a medium like so annoying and I this video has over a million views now and thousands of comments of people being like you're so fucking dumb how dare you think you're a medium you're obviously a large like you're so stupid it was just like thousands like like, what what? honestly I can't say that I've like recovered from negative like comments on TikTok I think it honestly stunted my creativity because like not only was it like there was issues with it at work but also when that happened like I think I am still just like afraid of looking dumb to people truthfully and like also just that feeling I just like felt like it's hard it's harder to be myself on TikTok as much as like I want to so I think like I'm not gonna sit here and be like oh I deal with it because I'm like block out the haters whatever like no, like I have to do affirmations every morning. I have yeah. to do my gratitude list. I have to take turn social media off when I'm starting to feel yeah negative mentally. Like it's a process. It's not something like that just switches off in your brain. Yeah. Also, Aritzia is like I think the worst one. Like if I go to Aritzia, I am sizing up five sizes and it's not gonna fit me still. It is like the shittiest, first of all, feeling to not find clothes that fit you in a store that like so many people in this city shop at and especially so many content creators but also like it's like the clothes do not fit me correctly ever like it's never gonna happen for me it's so annoying it's so annoying like I always have to go up like at least two sizes in earth yeah and then you can't find it to try it on in store because they only have excesses in store but I do love their um sweatpants oh they're so (laughs) cute yeah no I agree um okay so I wanted to talk about like TikTok hate comments and like trolls because I really appreciated the video that you made about like Karen's and the DMs and just like I've been dealing with this too like on a much smaller level but like people are just clapping back like for example I said a restaurant was expensive the other day I don't even care about like saying oh my god I saw those okay so I yeah. said that it was it's a Danny Meyer restaurant who by the way is one of the richest restaurateurs in the business he owns Shake Shack he literally owns it yeah. like the man doesn't need positive press I my, I'm, my family's in small businesses, small restaurants, so I never give bad reviews of restaurants, like, unless it's someone like that who doesn't need the money right now. And so I said it was way overpriced for the food quality because I love food, and if it's expensive but it's worth it, I would tell people to go there, but it wasn't worth it. Somebody kept DMing me being like, these are regular prices for Manhattan. The steak was $140. That is fucking not a regular oh, price. I was like, no. then she was like, then I go, you should try it if you want. I'm just not going to recommend it to my audience. And she goes, I will. And I was like, why are you doing this? Like, what is the reason? Like, people just love to have something to say. And it's so aggravating. And I'm wondering, like, how you deal with that on, like, all levels from, like, something as small as that to, like, as large as it can go. Literally, I think that it's really wild to me because if I don't like what an influencer is doing I'll do what a normal fucking person does which is talk shit about it in my friend group chat yeah that is what will happen like there is there is a huge influencer that we've been in the same campaign for she's a bitch and I don't like her and she was doing some shit that was questionable so you know what I did talk shit in my group chat and moved the fuck on and unfollowed her because I didn't like what she was doing I unfollowed her because I was like this is toxic I don't like it then then you move on like I've never been someone I will never understand the goal the need the want to message someone and tell them you know like what they're doing and start a fight with them yeah unless they are someone who like if it was like you and you were sharing something I thought was problematic because like I know you I would message you and be like this seems a little problematic let's talk about it and you'd be like okay let's talk about it because you're a rational human being yeah but that I will never understand the goal of like 
reaching out to someone like that. And I've dealt with so much of that this last year, especially because the people who initially followed me were middle-aged white ladies who yeah. like didn't ever, who probably weren't following any other black people before me. So I remember one time someone asked me like, what's the thing you're most surprised about in New York? I was like, Oh, that it's segregated that like yeah. there's oftentimes my friends and I are the only black people there. And like, I was just told like New York was so diverse that I've just been a little shocked by that. Yeah. And then I'm told, why did you even move here then? Like all of this stuff, like why would you, like you are bringing your Midwestern racism to New York because you think it's segregated. I was like, actually, let's pull up the data then, ma'am. Yeah. Let's pull it up. Like, like, it is segregated. Yeah. It is problematic. And in any person of color, any woman of color you know who goes out, you do get turned away at the door because you're black. Like it yeah. happens all the time. So let's, it's just like, they have always have something to say because they don't want their perception of the world to be rocked in any way, shape or form. And you are the, you are the, you know, example, you are the situation that is doing that to them. So it's not personal, which I'm starting to realize is that it's not personal, even though content is personal, the people who are responding to you, it's because you're changing or editing their worldview. And that's personal to them. Yeah. You no, know, it's not you specifically as a person that's a horrible human being. Whereas beforehand, that's what I thought. I was like, I can't believe I made someone feel this way. But like, I didn't. They made themselves feel that way because like they, my truth was not theirs. You yeah. Know? Or your truth was too true for them to handle because they've been lying to themselves. Exactly. Like you're lying to yourself if you think New York is the most inclusive city. You're lying to yourself if you think like, I don't, oh my God, the Karens and the DMs, video I did though like that was a very frustrating DM to receive that DM is fucked up like fucked up like an influencer like Tinks would never do would never say women of color do xyz first of all why are we talking about Tinks what does she have to do with this she's also not an influencer of color so she has nothing to do with it no it's like she doesn't she has nothing to do with it just leave her alone leave her out of it yeah leave her out of it first of all second of all I like it is true like, there's a reason there are more skinny, rich, white influencers than fat, black, queer influencers. Yep. You know, there's yeah. a reason. There's so, a reason. I don't get it. Yeah, I saw um, a creator make a video being like, Emily Mariko, like, half of the reason that this has happened is because it's rooted in diet culture and it's just nothing bad to her. Love her content. So glad she's putting out what she's putting out. But I am a woman of color who is fat and I have been making the same content before she started doing it on TikTok. And I haven't blown up because I am fat. And like, I, and it's just so aggravating because and it's so be true. Like, oh, well, it's an ASMR. Like, no, Emily Mariko's eating salmon and, and rice in front of you. And now skinny white girls or white girls think they can eat salmon. That's really all it is. Yeah. Like, it, it's just like, it's not novel. It's it, and other people have been doing it that are bigger, that live in bigger bodies than she does or are less privileged than she is. And people are like, you know, obsessed with her, but they wouldn't ever dare to follow the other creator. And I feel like it's just clear. It's factual. It's obvious. It's so obvious. And I mean, I've started, I started noticing this like over a year ago and I put it on my podcast multiple times, like the roots of diet culture. I've talked to plenty of black women who are also creators who have had it so much harder when it comes to growth. Yeah. Um, and it's like, for me, I always felt like when it came to growing as a creator, I have to provide so much value, provide so much value, like do this, do this, educate, educate, educate. But I truthfully, all I want to do is live my life and have it be yeah. eaten the fuck up. Like it is for every other like skinny white girl out yeah. there. And like, that's what, for me, the point of it is now, and it's going to take me 10 times as long to grow, but like, I'm still going to do it because I, I want to be that person for people. Like, I don't want to have to be the, like every other major like black creator is a comedian in beauty, whatever, like, or like sports, whatever. Like you don't see a lot of our lifestyles being demonstrated. Yeah. So I want to ask you about the TikToks that you make and the stuff that you like to create because I love your TikToks and I love, I'm not very fashionable and I really like when people do fashion hauls and show their clothes because it helps me to know what I should buy, especially people that have like, that are like going to attainable stores and like stores I like to shop at. So like, tell me about like the videos you like to make the most, what, like what your process is, like, are you like, is fashion your favorite stuff to make or like beauty or like just regular day in my life like what's your favorite stuff to make like 
how do you go about creating and getting inspired? Yes. So my favorite things to make are definitely my vlogs because that's my favorite thing to watch. Yeah. Um, so my like my um, the way I think about content is like what I would what I want to watch this. And I think most yeah. creators think like that. Yeah. Um, and so I like making fashion content. I loved making hauls until I started just like I I don't know like they started just not performing like I think people were overhauls I guess and but like vlogs have always been my favorite like I love I also have a YouTube channel I do long-form vlogs there and like for me I just love seeing other people's lives and what they decide to do how they decide to go places and what they carry with them that type of thing so that type of thing is my favorite and I just film throughout my day and then the next morning I put it together in CapCut and I add a voiceover and I post it and that's sort of like my days Um, but I do love fashion content it's just very hard to get right and it's very hard to to make it's it's very time consuming it's not hard but it's very time consuming to put together and I'm just a little too busy for all that right now but I love 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 to do vlogs because I just love seeing other people's lives too like I grew up in a in a school that was very small, but also a family that was very like, you know, we were just it, random people in St. Louis, so didn't get to see the type of lifestyles that were possible for me until uh, YouTube. You know, yeah. when you're watching vloggers and stuff like that. So that's why I like to do it the most for sure. I love the vlogs, and I feel like they're very like number one aspirational, but also like you show a life that like somebody else could look at and say, I want to do that. Like I'm going to work really hard too. And like, it can just so easily inspire people like the way exactly the way like a YouTube vlog does. Um, so I think you did such a good job with that, but what has it been like, you know, starting on TikTok and like doing, being a TikToker, like what in your life has changed? What have you learned? Like, what do you fucking hate about it? What do you like about it a lot? (laughs) Good question. So I actually started my job, like I mentioned, when my, you know, influencing sort of took off, but I was in the marketing program at Google. And um, I had like a good first like six months. But after, you know, my content creation started, you know, continuing on, I started to get like, I had I had a team that was very I don't know, they didn't really take creators seriously. And when you work at YouTube, creators are sort of everything, you know? Yeah. But, like, that was at Google. It was between Google and YouTube, so it wasn't really, like, creator-facing. Yeah. And they just had co- consistently made, like, little comments about how being a creator was just, like, not it. And eventually it got to a point where my manager was like, are you going to prioritize being a creator or this job? And my creation had never come into play and never compromised my work. In fact, it made me a better worker. So at that point, this was in April, I was really scared. I was like, this is terrifying. Like, I'm going to get in trouble because of this. And also, like, I don't know. I was like, that was when I had gone through my biggest jump. I had just hit 30K and I was so proud of myself. I was so excited. And then I was dealing with this at work and I was like, like shit like this is awful and I didn't like the work I was actually doing like I did it and I was good at it but I didn't like it and so I just I ended up just continuing making content because it it, I loved it it mattered to me yeah and um eventually a friend of mine who worked on YouTube shorts she actually um, reached out to me I helped her with a campaign and then when she was leaving YouTube because her startup got funding she was like you should take my job at YouTube shorts and I was hesitant to leave like the very prestigious program that I was in but the job was perfect for me as someone who's very interested in the creator economy short and was a short form video expert by way of like my own social media yeah and so I literally got a new job from it even though my manager had been like why are you doing this so my life has changed both like in like both professionally and also personally when it comes to TikTok I mean like so many new friends which is wonderful so many people who like I relate to so much and like you never would have met otherwise and also like so many it's like to be like an actual influencer and have like I just signed on like a trial with management and like to manage having an LLC and doing that whole thing it's just so cool because I truly believe the creator economy is only going to get bigger. Yeah. And I love being a part of it, even though, like, when I started my first day at Google, I never would have imagined this. Yeah. 
I feel like that's always what happens. Like it goes in like wild directions. And when you look back, you're like, I never thought I would be here, but I'm so glad I am now. Exactly. So that's how I feel now. 100%. I love it. I love being a creator. I do just want to continue to grow. Yeah. 100%. That's where we're at now. So your days in the life having it all videos, I love those. Um, I'm curious, like, how are you managing, like, doing a job in social media full time, being as large of a creator as you are, and, like, you have your own YouTube channel, like, I couldn't handle YouTube, I don't do it, like, yet, because with Instagram and TikTok and, like, the podcast, I couldn't physically, like, I just couldn't, it was too much, but you literally do it all, so tell me, like, how do you do it all, and how do you keep your, like, anxiety mental health like confidence in check while you're like getting all this shit done and being like a total boss oh my god well first of all thank you and second of all i'd live if you did youtube vlogs so you gotta get on there and get on youtube shorts thank you someone anyway. actually reached out to me so i on um instagram dm so i think i'm setting up a call to talk about shorts oh good good that's probably yeah. my team so yay that's wonderful. um i I guess, how do I manage it? I love doing every platform, truthfully. Like, every platform for me. Like, I love my podcast. I love YouTube. I'm, I, I like, recently, I got a new podcast opportunity. I might have to end my current podcast. And, like, it breaks my heart because I love doing – and that's how I know is, like, I can't say no to any of them because I just genuinely love doing all of it. Yeah. So that's really what drives me. But in terms of what manages it is, like – good routines truthfully um I am like a Sagittarius stellium so honestly like I like most things happen impulsively yeah but I do have like I do have like small routines or like quotas or something that I like hold myself to and that really helps me get things done but I don't do everything I wanted to do every single week I don't for example this past week like I try to post two TikToks a day and this past like week at home for Thanksgiving I didn't post any because my life is boring and like that's okay but like at the same time like those are the little things that I try to do to hold myself to things like give myself a number and try and do it I have a cute little content calendar um and I also outsource so I used to do everything myself but I outsourced a video editor for my YouTube videos which is a friend of mine and um with my podcast I get edited separately so like I feel like I have more time to be creative, which is wonderful. I'm a routines girl. I have my morning routine. I have, like, things I want to do every month. I do a lot of self-reflection. If you're not journaling, what are you doing? Like, yeah. lots of self-reflection and just, like, I don't know. I feel like it's a bad answer. No, like, I, like, I try. I'm, this makes sense to me because my rising is Sagittarius. So, like, oh my God. I resonate very well because, like, my whole chart is in cancer and then like literally my big six four of them placements are cancer and then sag rising leo mercury and i really lean on the sagittarius like in creative pursuits like all the time so like i i understand like it makes sense to me yes i miss i'm of my big six all are fire signs i think oh but i love that um it's humiliating um i have um I'm Aries rising, Leo moon, Sag sun, and Venus and Mercury. That's why I like you because Sagittarius is like my favorite sign, hands down. Like if I could be another one, I would be a Sag. Like I love Thank it. Thank you. I really wish I could say the same about Cancers. <laughs> no, nobody wants to be a Cancer. They're like you whiny baby. <laughs> no, um, I can't. I like. I'm just so fire that like I just don't stop. That's really what it is. Like yeah. people, but I do go to bed at ten. Oh, so do I. But I'm also, I get very, I'm a very, very emotional person. And I think like a good chunk of my day is like emotionalness. And that is distracting because of all of the water in my chart. You have to have it. Oh, you have to have it. You have to have it. Yeah. So, okay. So your Friday nights alone thing I'm obsessed with. Um, I think it came up on my for you page like after I made the video like rules for a night alone or something. And I was like, oh my God, I love this. How did you like start doing that? And like what? what I guess like take us through it for somebody who doesn't know what it is okay for sure so yes I was inspired by your video and like three other people had come up on my free page being like "Mm, you know what we should spend more nights alone or whatever and I was like that's why I was like I'm so glad everyone's realizing this yeah for a long time especially since we've been in this weird like half in a pandemic half not 
I've noticed that like I need time to myself if I want to get anything done yeah especially through self-reflection and like journaling and stuff but also through just like my lived experience like if I go out Friday Saturday night and then hang out with people on Sunday like I'm not gonna be my best self for the rest of the week like I just feel like I need a lot of time by myself so the way I do that is like Friday nights alone unless there's a big reason or my boyfriend wants to go see a movie yeah we do I love to you know just take that time for self-care I love to wash my hair so it's beautiful for the weekend I love to reflect on my week and think about what I want to do moving forward and I also just love to like chill the fuck out and treat myself and do what I want because we don't give ourselves enough time to do that we're and I think our big issue with our society And similarly, like the reason you and I probably felt so scared to leave a sorority is that we really do villainize people who are fine being by themselves. Like we think it's like, I think that like, if I knew people who would like live alone during college or live alone after graduating and people would be like, what's wrong with you? Like, why is that? But like, you must not have any friends. And it's actually like, no, like I just have boundaries. Yeah. And I just know what makes me happy and what doesn't. And like resources, obviously for living alone, but like. I think it's like we're obsessed with just being in the group mentality. Yeah. You need to be like life is so much better when you can enjoy it by yourself and then be very intentional and happy with who you spend it with. Absolutely. And you mentioned your boyfriend and I'm curious like how you all met and what it's been like for him as you kind of like shift into this like quasi public eye content creation sphere. Like what has that been like and how you guys met and everything? Yes, so we met at a party. Um, not very interesting, but better than was, a dating app. At his house. What do you say? I said better than a dating app. Like more rare than a dating app these days. <laughs> yes, I haven't been on the apps. Um, but like I, we met at a party my freshman year at Northwestern. He was he's a year older. He was studying for an exam. It was at his house. He was literally doing flashcards. Obsessed. And it was kind of like. I think it was like love at first sight TBH like I was like I'm in love with that I thought he was Mexican at the time he's literally out he's literally Rwandan like not Mexican at all just ethically <laughs> ambiguous but I was like I'm in love with that Mexican boy in that hoodie like and I went up to him and I was like I really like your hoodie it was a babe hoodie <laughs> so lame and I um was like I really like your hoodie and then we started talking he also has curly hair so a few months later I slid into the DMs like you have a Twitter let me show you this curly hair Instagram like Twitter yeah and then um we were like talking for a while but I couldn't tell if he liked me yeah on Valentine's Day my freshman year he like found a way to like break into my room and leave me flowers and chocolates and a teddy bear and and he just he was so romantic and we just it was like literally like it's been we've been together four and a half years almost five that's so so cute i have chills okay so he's known you forever so like how has this switch been or like the shift as you've like gone Mm -hmm. from like you know the girl that he first met to like making content and like putting yourself out there it's wild because when we met like we were both very young and both came from similar backgrounds of like not having a lot and then we our big thing was that we both got jobs in tech post-grad and that was wonderful yeah and then um what was he's he's just a major introvert like I'm obviously very extroverted and I talk a lot and Sagittarius whatever but he's such an introvert that like I do think in the grand scheme of things he's been the most supportive I could ever ask for he takes all my pictures he also does bond con love him he looks at shit when I want to negotiate stuff yeah he tells me to charge more he helps me with like the financial side of things like get an LLC all that stuff and he's been very very supportive has never complained once but he doesn't want to be on it like, yeah he doesn't want to be a part of it and he doesn't have to be no. so like that's only the only thing um but I think it's a good thing that like he's like yeah. this is my boundary like I don't he's like I don't want to be in your YouTube vlogs like he was on the podcast once which is great but like it's just different but yeah. he's been the most supportive like that I could probably ever ask for so he's very happy for me and he just wants me to like do more honestly I love that I think it's like really important that people like doing what we're doing just communicate boundaries with our significant other because like otherwise it can be like tough like I don't know what like how often or like if at all you want to be a part of this and like 
I don't know like if I do post a picture of you and then like some girl sees you out and like recognizes you from that picture like I don't know if you want to deal with that like it's really important I think to like just with all friends too like anybody that's like it's a lot like your people that you're posting Instagram to it's a lot more than like your friend posting an Instagram to her community of people exactly and so like even with my friends like only with my very close like best friends do I put them on my story when we're going out like I never put my boyfriend's friends on my story like I just feel like it gets really it can get really dicey really fast and I also just like think having boundaries is also something we got to normalize especially with social media so yes but yeah I think as long as you communicate things with your partner and Jeff and I obviously just have like a way more years of experience with communicating things to each other then we can like we know we trust each other when we give each other a boundary that like it's not going to be crossed so that's like what we need moving and anytime I post a picture of him I take the picture I show it to him I'm like do you like this yeah but it's also like truthfully hard because I do know that if I posted more relationships like I'd blow up faster because dating and relationships is all anybody wants to talk about these days but it's not what I'm going to talk about so that's like what's the only thing that's like annoying about it but when you give people too much then they like take it all yeah I agree I think like because like before this was like actually serious for me like when I was like literally dicking around like a year ago when I met my boyfriend I was like more you know whatever let's just put you on it like it's funny like it's a hobby for me but now it's so funny like most people don't know that we're dating and that we've been dating for a year that follow me and I have like many guys sliding into my dms like asking to marry me and date me because they do not know but I'm kind of like this is like so much better to just be like sorry I have a boyfriend and people don't know and like it's now like if he wants to be on it he can and if somebody really wanted to do digging all they would have to do is go look at my Instagram and they could find a picture and realize that we are in a very happy and loving almost year-long relationship but the way that I like frame it and do it now it's just like people don't know the whole story and they don't have to unless they really want to look and if you're that nosy like more power to you like go ahead but like I just think it's so much better to keep some parts private. I totally agree like that. Um, there's that like tweet that's like influencer GF, no social media. Yeah. PS. Like it's the move. It's the I move. love it. And it's also so fun to just be like, sorry, I have a boyfriend. Um, yeah. All the time. Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> um, so I have two more questions for you. The first one is like, do you see yourself ever moving to content full time or do you just like really, really like what you're doing and want to have the best of both worlds? Um, I like having the best of both worlds, but I do, um, like, I wouldn't say no, no to doing it full time, but I just have very high, high stipulations Yeah. because like the benefits of working at Google are very, very, it's very hard to compete with those. And so for me, as long as I get to like have the work-life balance, the benefits, the like team that I'm on now, which is wonderful, then I would like to make it work by outsourcing as much as possible. I also think that part of my relatability is that I have a job and that I know what it's like to actually like go to a corporate office and manage relationships there. Totally. I don't foresee myself leaving without like, like my stipulations are literally like I need to make four times as much as I make it at Google in order to leave because otherwise like it's not really worth it to me. Um, because I also work in the creator space. Like I work literally to help creators who create on YouTube, like build resources for them. So I meet with the biggest YouTubers all the time. Yeah. And the truth is the lifespan of a creator seldom goes past five years. So unless you are like prepared to very intentionally and intelligently invest your money and build your brand, knowing that then it's not worth it to leave a job to me. But the thing is, most creators actually don't, they believe that like anything's possible, they'll be famous forever. You won't. Yeah, you're not. You need a plan for that. Exactly. I totally agree. So So that. And then my other question for you is like, I know you give a lot of advice and like wisdom to people on your page and like you just, you know, are very open. And if you could like tell all of your followers like one thing that like matters most to you, what would it be? Like what would be your thing to tell them? That's a good question. I think my big thing would be to do whatever it takes 
to stop caring what people who you don't respect think about you. Hell yeah. Um, because I think it's, that's really was my struggle for so long. And I mean, we're recording this right after Virgil Abloh passed and a friend of uh, mine also passed this past month. And so sorry, like, I just don't think it's worth it. It's just not worth it to, to live your life, you know, like caring what anyone thinks, because like when you, at the end, like they're not going to be there. So just remember that this life is yours be selfish with it and do whatever the fuck you want hell yeah well thank you so much for coming on and also i'm out of town this weekend but next week can we please like get dinner drinks and like actually hang out because yes. i like oh it's always God, like i would love to i'm like the most socially so anxious person out of town this weekend i was gonna invite you to my birthday brunch oh my god fuck i would have loved that my parents like long story making short my brother's going through a breakup and my parents think that he's like not well because he dated her for most of college and so they're sending me out because it was my alma mater and the flights were so cheap because it's like a 45 minute flight they're sending me to michigan to go like hype him up and like take him out to like all the bars and like that's so cute like be a sister and so like i have to go like it's like i have to go but i'll be back and then let's like do a belated birthday thing i would literally love yay I love this conversation. If I keep going with my podcast, you'll be sure my God. be on it. Well, thank you. And can you plug yourself um, like verbally? And then, of course, I'll also make sure that I put it like everywhere that it needs to go. Of course. Yes. Yeah, so Instagram um, at Alexis Barber, TikTok at Alexis Barber underscore um, and YouTube, just my name as well. And my podcast is called Too Smart for This. And it will be going in, until at least the end of December. Woohoo. Okay, Queen. Thank you so much. Yay. And have a great rest of, of your course. day.